0: this is Marty St. Louis. Hey, this is Joe Beninati. Hey, it's Danny Breyer. Hey, everybody, this is
1: John Portland. Hey, this is Jack Edwards. And you're listening. You're listening. You are listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zoroski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by Loyola University Chicago alum and Chicago Sun-Times reporter, Maddie Kenny. Maddie, how are you today?
0: I'm doing well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be
1: here. Yeah, it's, it's a great experience always to have a loyal alum, but especially someone in such a prominent position like yourself. So you recently did an article on the Chicago North Stars, an all-women's hockey team, hoping to play against the men. Tell us about the North Stars and how their goals of breaking the glass ceiling have progressed in hockey. Yeah,
0: so it's a group of women, mostly made up of former college players, um, some professional players, um, and then also some some that just played AAA hockey. And they came together. It started with just an idea of having an all-women's adult league, essentially. Sure. And then they were going to cherry-pick the best players from this adult league and create this kind of all-star team. But due to COVID, plans kind of shifted with Johnny's Ice House, and so they ended up um, just creating this all-star women's team that they hope to play in a men's adult league. When they might play, it's kind of still up in the air because of COVID and sports restrictions under the government's um, reopening. But the goal essentially is for them to travel, to use the men's league to practice. And then when they play other women's teams in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Indiana, the surrounding states, um, they'll hopefully be in a better position because they're playing essentially a level up.
1: And that's and that's a big thing I got from your article. It's like, you know, they're talking about maybe doing the Lady Blackhawks. Take us through that angle of maybe maybe having like a side-by-side like a NWHL team in Chicago as the Lady Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, I mean that would be a really cool idea and really awesome. Um, you know, the Blackhawks have done obviously a lot with women's hockey and really being supportive. Kendall Coyne, Scofield is such a big part of that organization. Or not like a huge part, but she is a part of that organization. And so seeing them create, you know, an NWHL team would be awesome. I think what the Blackhawks are kind of doing right now is evaluating the women's hockey scene. Obviously there's the PWHPA, there's the NWHL, you know, there might be a WNHL that people are talking about. So I think right now, women's hockey is in the is kind of at a crossroads, and they're trying to figure out what's the best model moving forward and most sustainable for professional women's hockey. And I think after they figure out, you know, collectively the women hockey women's hockey community figures out what's the best model going forward, you're going to see more investments from NHL teams, from owners, from you know just. know uh, crossover marketing sponsorship opportunities but right now I think it's just kind of a waiting game to see how it all shakes
1: out and that's and that's the big thing the sustainability aspect because especially what you've seen with what the late Kobe Bryant did for the WNBA if we can get like some NHL players to say hey these these ladies are kicking their kicking butt out on the rink and we can get some public funding for it or private investments from owners or teams, this would be a really, this could this could explode the scene like the WNBA.
0: And I think we've seen kind of a growth in women's hockey over the last few years, most recently with USA winning the gold at the Winter Olympics. But I also think, you know, having Kendall Coyne Schofield at the NHL All-Star Game a few years, was it two years? It seems so much longer because yeah. of COVID, but it was just last year. Um, and just with all of those kinds of things playing a part, I think you know NHL players have shown a lot of respect for the women's game, and I think that it's only going to grow with this league.
1: Yeah, so you kind of broke the news of Brendan Perlini wanting out of Chicago last season and shifting over to Detroit after being part of the 2 for 1 Dylan Strom trade for Nick Schmaltz. How did that come to be with Perlini wanting to leave Chicago and play at a different location?
0: Um, I think it was just came down to opportunity and thinking that he wasn't getting the opportunity he kind of wanted at you know, in Chicago, I think also some of it just comes with, you know, when you're a player that's struggling, and this this applies to every sport, uh, sometimes it can just be you don't fit with the organization or you don't feel like you fit with the system and you just kind of want, like, a fresh start or a clean slate. And so I think that's kind of what Perlini's situation was.
1: Yeah, and especially, you know, he's, he's a UFA now. Where do you possibly see someone like him going uh, if he does sign in the NHL?
0: good question I don't know if I have given much thought to it ever since he's left um to be honest uh I think that Berlini has a lot of talent but he also is um and and he's he's only like what 24 yeah so he has plenty of you know room to grow and develop into like his own I think he just kind of needs a team to take a chance on him you know you might see him play that HL or AHL excuse me Just to kind of get his feet back under him and get him in a position where an NHL team is ready to see him, you know, be
1: on their team. Yeah, so you, like me, went to Loyola University Chicago, albeit you've graduated and I just started. But how did working at the Phoenix and other medias at Loyola help you at the Sun-Times?
0: Oh, it was instrumental. Like, that was probably the biggest thing that I could have done for myself, is to get involved in non student, or on-campus student organizations like Rambler Sports Soccer and the Loyola Phoenix. Um, that's, a lot, that's where I got a lot of my experience in journalism and reporting outside the classroom. And it's just so important because when you actually go to the real world, or, yeah, I guess you can call it real world, um, where you are in the field reporting and stuff like that, I just drew from a lot of the things I learned as a student journalist. And granted, you have to have quite the upside because it's totally different ones you're a professional versus student journalist, right. but, um, you know, the people at the Phoenix and at Loyola really carried themselves with a lot of professionalism, and it was always awesome to kind of see the upperclassmen, and you would, like, you would look back at RSL clips and kind of laugh because of just how much you grow um, in the short four years that you're there, and so it just was so important. And to also have a community of support like that was just so nice.
1: And that community of support continues to grow. like, I'm a first year at Loyola. Obviously, it's, it's grown since you left, and it'll grow even more when I'm gone and mm-hmm. in the professional world. And that's what's great about Loyola is they're, they're this, this support base, like, they're willing to, to go out to bat for you. Totally, and I think
0: that the alumni base working in the industry has doubled in size, it seems. Over the last few years, and you know, I like I have friends in Minis- Michigan, or they're a Loyola alum in Ohio and Wisconsin, and kind of just sprinkled all over the place in Portland, Oregon. Um, and it's just like it's nice because then if you do have questions about, like, oh, I really want to be a reporter, you know, on the West Coast or whatever it might be, you know, you can reach out to them, and most of them, if not all of them, would be. Happy to talk to you and give you advice and talk about their time at Loyola because I know I know it's mean a lot for a lot of
1: us yeah I and that and it's it's really coming into its own for me just half a semester into my first year, I can already see the 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 drastic shift from high school to college reporting mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I mean it's a totally different ballgame, game and, and that, it's really important to like start your professionalism at Loyola um, you know some people go into that with the mindset of like, oh, I'm just a student reporter. No. But, you know, student reporters make a lot of change on campus and, and do a lot of really important reporting that is otherwise overlooked and holding student official or school officials accountable. It's just so important that there are student journalists on campus grinding it out. I know that those long Tuesday night production nights, that, you know, when you're in the newsroom until 2 a.m., trying to crank out that paper, it can be <laughs> hard at times, but... Those are some
1: of my fondest memories, too. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and I, I look forward to seeing when campus reopens to have those fond memories of being mm-hmm. in the newsroom until 2 a.m., even though it might be a, a, a drag at the time, it's going to build character. Totally. Yeah. So you yeah. have a Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, getting a Chick fil A chocolate shake for it closes
1: or a Coca Cola from McDonald's. <laughs> all <day and> <laughs> <laughs> so you have the Chicago Sky Beat. Uh, with the WNBA, we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Take our listeners through what it means to have a beat and how you follow a team through trades, free agency, acquisitions, the whole nine yards.
0: Yeah, so I think a really important thing about being on a beat is just establishing sources, and that could be just anyone on the team, you know, from front office people to people that work closely, team personnel um, to players, and just creating like a good working relationship with them where they can trust you and also maybe help give you like an insight into like a trade or whatever it might be. And so um, it's really awesome to have a beat. I really enjoy it. The WNBA is like an up and coming league, I would say, if not, it's already kind of arrived. It's This was like record TV viewing for the league. Um, we've seen a lot of growth over just the, even the last two years, you know, with exposure of the league and some of the league's biggest stars. And so it's definitely a league that is going to continue to grow, Um, and it's a really exciting time to cover the WNBA. There's just a lot of investment going on, and it's really hopeful to see.
1: What kind of investment are we seeing on the WNBA side? Because I know we talk a lot of hockey on the Tomahawk Roundup, but shifting gears to the larger Chicago sports scene, what kind of investment are we seeing from the Chicago Sky community?
0: I think that you're seeing the fan base grow. Um, there is quite the dedicated fan base on Twitter, and it's always fun to kind of engage with them and read, you know, some of their thoughts on the roster and like trade scenarios. Um, you know, I get a few DMs from some of them, and I talk to them about things that are going on with the team. Um, and you know, from a broader perspective, with the WNBA, the new commissioner Kathy Anglebert has done a really good job at starting this. It's called a change makers platform and basically the league's biggest sponsorships, which is Nike, AT&T, and um, oh, I'm oh, blanking on the last one, but basically what they're doing is they're creating an opportunity for these players to be able to, you know, they're just investing in them and they see what they're worth. And especially after this last season with the fight for social justice, um, you just have seen how this how the WNBA collectively can make an impact in our society.
1: Yeah. And that's that's a that's a big that's a big thing with this fight for social justice. You know, we saw that in their in their little bubble tournament that they had going and just with the names on the back the boy, the the boycott of the games it was it was really a heartwarming display to see all these players come together regardless of league team affiliation any other denomination they all came together saying hey we want this equality for uh, underserved and marginalized communities
0: and it's something that you know other there's players in every league that have taken a stand against racial injustice in the US but no league has done it as collectively and as powerful and as long as the WNBA. I mean, players were protesting uh, racism in the U.S. since before Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Um, and Colin Kaepernick is often looked at as this person that kind of created, you know, this sports activism, you know, model, I guess you could say. And, but WNBA players have been doing it before that and they've continued to do it and even when the league had pushed back and some players felt like the league was trying to silence them They continued to push their, you know, agenda this movements and I think this year, you know We saw a lot of change. It was really powerful to see them, you know, do this collectively and as a unit and you know the, the sky in particular had this um, cam- as an initiative called Sky Takes Action, and they raised a lot of money for different organizations in Chicago um, that serve those marginalized communities, and um, it's just really awesome to see, you know, a group of women, primarily um, black women, just really make this fight and to see this push
1: and that push is going to continue with the prominence of the WNBA going forward like you said you're it's it's hitting its stride kind of like what you said about women's hockey you know it's it's almost like what women's hockey could be in maybe 5 years.
0: Definitely, I think that's a total possibility. You know, the WNBA you have to remember has been around since the 90s. It's the longest running women's professional sports league in North America. And so because of that, you know, they have years of experience, you know, years of get, getting exposure and growing the game, so to speak, than other women's leagues. You know, even the NWSL is a pretty young league. And so... What I think is that, you know, the WNBA is really being a trailblazer and other women's sports are going to follow suit and kind of tailor the WNBA model to their specific sports. And I, I think that, you know, in 20 years, the women's sports, you won't have to differentiate what well, we will, but it, it won't be like, you know, basketball and women's basketball. Right. It will be men's basketball, women's basketball. Women's basketball. basketball. And, and that's kind of like my hope. I think that, you know... As as we grow as a society, I think that people are respecting the women's game more. And it's really awesome as, like, somebody, like a girl that grew up and didn't really know there were options for, you know, women to play professional sports or play out of college, you know, to see what these women are doing for the next generation and how inspired, you know, younger girls are. Knowing, you know, one day I want to play in the WNBA or I want to play fast-pitch softball or I want to play in the NWSL and, maybe go to a World Cup. You know, things like that that I don't know if a lot of people my age looking back had something like that to aspire to be.
1: And aspiring to be, that's that's really we're we're like you said the, the word trailblazer really hits the nail on the head when you're coming with women's sports. Coming into the twenty first century, you know, we've we've had a lot of progress, but we still have more to do. Um, Maddie, is there anything else you want to add before we head out today just about women's hockey, the Sun-Times, the Blackhawks, the Sky, anything else?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. Very open-ended question, too. I think we covered everything. I think I would just say that, um, pick up a Sun-Times and make sure you subscribe if you can. You know, we have a deal going on where you can get $1 a month. Um, but in all, seriously, um, in all seriousness, I should say, just keep doing you frank like you've done a really good job so far and you're really grinding and i know a lot of us and you know see that and you're doing really great work you know i really enjoyed this interview and you did a good job at keeping the flow of it and everything
1: all right thank you so much maddie
0: yep have a good rest of your day